0: Welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we reevaluate a film's critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes and determine if the movies are better or worse than their reputation suggests. I'm Jason Koenigsberg of PanandSlam.com.
1: And I am Rich Tola.
0: And this week we are reviewing, in honor of Paul Thomas Anderson's newest film, Licorice Pizza, now in theaters. We're going to kick off 2022 by analyzing and discussing. One of his more critically praised films, The Master, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, Joaquin Phoenix, and Amy Adams. Now, I've seen this movie before, and I disagreed with the critical consensus. Rich, you have not seen it before, so we are going to determine once and for all if the movie was a real big mistake or if the critics made a real big mistake. So... I've seen this before. Do you have any recollection or anything, memories of this movie prior to me saying we have to watch it this week?
1: Um, I remember that it was nominated for Oscars, or people in the movie were nominated for Oscars. Um, right. I don't know if the, the actual movie was. I don't think it was.
0: I know it got <clears throat> Best Actor, Joaquin Phoenix, Supporting Actor, nomina- all nominations right. for um uh, for Philip Seymour Hoffman, supporting actress for Amy Adams, it may have gotten a screenplay nomination. I don't think it was a Best Picture nomination. No, uh, for 2012, and I don't think it, I definitely don't think it got Paul Thomas Anderson a Best Director nomination. But he's had many Best Directors Writer nominations for his movies, and I, I'm a huge Paul Thomas Anderson fan. So when we get into discussing the cast and the filmmaker, I can talk for a long time about them. Uh, and hopefully I can, you know, you can contribute <laughs> a little bit because I know you've seen a few of his movies. Um, I don't know if you've seen all of his movies, but uh, so yeah, go, go on anything else about the master. I'm sure you were working with me at the time when I was excited about this movie coming out. So you may have heard me talking about it.
1: Um, I don't remember you talking about it, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm, uh, that was a long time. I mean, you're going back almost 10 years. Um, Ten years, and almost, we've talked yeah. about a lot of movies. So uh, this one doesn't that stick out true. to me as you talking about it or even being excited about it. But I do remember a little bit of Oscar buzz about this movie. Uh, my recollection of this movie was it seemed like a movie about a cult, and that was just from you know the trailers and and you know seeing clips at award shows and things like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, that was pretty much the most I knew about it. It wasn't something I really wanted to see, and I never really. It's never just never happened. Uh, I didn't avoid this movie by any means, but I just never saw it. It wasn't ever on my radar to see. Um, and I never really had an opportunity to see it. I never saw it on TV or anything where I was like oh I want I want to see this um, And Philip Seymour Hoffman, I like but I don't love and um, you know I know he's you know one of the main people in this movie, one of the main actors mm-hmm. in this movie. So again, I'm I'm not a Philip Seymour Hoffman fan, nor am I a Joaquin Phoenix fan. I think they're both good actors, but I also uh don't love them and you know, I have to be in a certain mood to see movies that these guys are in. Because they're usually very serious, um, as this yes, movie are, as this yeah. movie is. Um and yeah, I don't have too much memory of this movie. Um, I just remember it being a movie and remember it getting some buzz. Um, but no one, uh, maybe other than you, no one ever talked about this movie to me. No one ever said I should see it. Um, and I, I guess you would never have said that either if you disagree with the critics. Um, so That
0: is true, yeah. So I, I, I do remember really anticipating this movie, and it had been five years since his previous film, uh, 2007's There Will Be Blood. And I love There Will Be Blood. Did you ever see that movie? No, but I want to. Oh, that okay. That's a much better movie, in my opinion. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis won the Oscar for it. Uh, deserved it. Tremendous performance. Uh, that I absolutely thought was a fantastic movie. And uh, Paul Thomas Anderson directed him in that. And then this was five years later. So I, was, I couldn't wait for this movie. And then when I saw it, I was just sort of left with, hmm. You know, but, uh, you know, and and this is a movie I've given, when we talked about True Romance, you're like, why did you pick True Romance? Why would you, it sounds like you want to like this movie and you just don't. (laughs) Well, here's an example of a movie where I want to like The Master, and I've given it many chances over the past nine or ten years. And it's just, it's still, it just seems, you know, inaccessible to me. It just doesn't work. So, that's where I, I... have such a disconnect with this movie so but we'll get into talking yeah, about the movie and the director and the actor and actors and all of that so wherever you want to start with this i'm i'm fine with
1: all right uh the year is 2012 i believe right so did we um it is 2012 did we did we ever reveal a movie from 2012 before
0: I don't think so, but we can definitely talk about. I've got a list of some great or significant movies from 2012 uh, to go over. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, best picture was Argo. Did you ever see Argo? Yeah,
1: uh, I liked it. But didn't love it. Probably shouldn't have won best picture. Especially when you tell me some. I other agree, movies.
0: but it is a very good movie. Let's not deny it, it. is. Yes, so it I, is. I would. I my personal favorite movie of 2012 was I was about to say Django Unchained.
1: Okay, I think Argo is a better pick for Best Picture than Django Unchained. Really?
0: Over Django Unchained? Yeah. Interesting. And my other favorite films of that year, I'm going to list my favorites, and uh, you're going to have definitely a comment about one of them. So Django Unchained, I would say, was my favorite film of 2012. Uh, But I also really valued Lincoln, the Steven Spielberg film, Mm. also with Daniel Day-Lewis. Zero Dark Thirty, love Zero Dark Thirty prometheus oh my god (laughs) oh my god i know (laughs) and moonrise kingdom those would be my top four and then maybe argo would be number five or six if i was doing a top 10 for that um so really really great movies right there uh also worth noting some movies dark Knight rises ted skyfall the james bond movie 21 jump street silver linings playbook Looper Cabin in the Woods which oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. You saw you 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 said Jason I I saw Cabin in the Woods and I saw that and I something told me you would love this movie and I saw it months after you did. I think I saw it when it came to video on demand or whatever and I was like, "Yep, you were right. I love that movie." Yeah, that uh, so movie Cabin was in right the up Woods. your alley. It was right up my alley. I love Cabin in the Woods. Uh the Avengers God Bless America, which we've talked about because of Joel Murray and Bobcat Goldwaith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Wreck-It Ralph was 2012. The original Hunger Games was 2012. And even though he's kind of persona non grata lately and deservedly so, I would like to give a shout-out to Woody Allen for To Roam With Love. I think that's a very good
1: movie. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, I remember. I,
1: I, I Listen, I like Django Unchained. It's not my favorite Tarantino movie at all. Um, but I liked it, but I, I could see why it didn't win Best Picture, and I think Argo is a safer pick for Best Picture
0: than Django Unchained. Oh, definitely, yeah, safer, for sure, yeah. And they're both very good movies. Yeah, I have, yeah. You know what, honestly, I think Django Unchained, Zero Dark Thirty, and Lincoln are better movies than Argo, but I really honestly have no problem with Argo winning Best Picture. I think it's a fine, fine movie. All right,
1: um, so since we have... Well, especially you have a lot to talk about with the uh, director and cast of this movie. Let's let's get into that. Um, so the movie is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Like you said, he um, just released a movie called Licorice Pizza, which I don't think you liked, right?
0: I wasn't crazy about it. To, when we get to talking about the master, I'll go. The Licorice Pizza to me was kind of it was it had good moments, but it was kind of For a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, this is unusual for me to say. Kind of forgettable. Oh, okay. The Master, I may not like The Master, but gosh darn it, I'll never forget The Master. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. I don't know where you stand on this movie, Rich. I don't know if you like it. If you don't, Rich does like to play very coy with me. He won't give me any clues. (laughs) He won't give me... We're not going to find out what Rich's real opinion is until the final five minutes of this podcast, Uh, but... You, even if you, whether you hate this movie or not, Rich, you've got to admit it's memorable, is it not?
1: Uh, it is, yes.
0: Okay, so there. For the, so, whereas Licorice Pizza is kind of, eh, if you see it, I, I don't know. I don't think you'll love it, but I also don't think you'll hate it. Whereas The Master, I think you could definitely have a visceral response to of love or hate or admiration or disdain. So, um, okay. yeah, But I, I mean, I don't know. I'm a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Uh, have you seen any of his other movies? I know you've seen Boogie Nights. Have you seen? You didn't see There Will Be Blood. I'll, <laughs> I'll go through his filmography. I, I have it see-
1: here. Um,
0: okay. What have you seen of his? Like, dislike, otherwise? I don't know.
1: Uh, I saw Hard Eight. Ooh, you did! No, That's I didn't. an unusual one. I didn't. I didn't. One to I see. didn't. <laughs> oh, you tricked
0: me! I'm like, really? I, Rich, I don't underestimate you. I don't. I know never even
1: heard me. of it. I saw it on this list, and I'm like, oh, I'll say I saw that. Hard <laughs> Eight is
0: a really good movie. Good movie about gambling. Good John C. Riley. Good Samuel L. Jackson. It's got Gwyneth Paltrow and a great Philip Baker Hall, who of course is Bookman in. Oh uh, uh, yeah, film. yeah, yeah. So when it, whenever I talk about how much I love Philip Baker Hall. It starts with Hard Eight, and then it goes into Boogie Nights and Magnolia. He's terrific in Paul Thomas. Uh, all
1: right, so there's 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 two movies I've seen, and there's like three or four that I really want to see but just haven't yet, but I, I do want to see them soon. Um, so the two okay. I saw are the, are the movie we're reviewing and Boogie Nights, and the ones I really want to see... You know what? I, I saw some of Punch Drunk Love, and I couldn't get into it. And, and maybe it was just the circumstances that I saw it under. and okay. So I, I'm not going to knock it. Um, <clears throat> but the ones I really want to see are Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, and I do want to see Licorice Pizza. So those are the ones I want to see. There's a whole bunch of that. Okay. Some of these I haven't even heard of. I know Inherent Vice you were raving about years ago. I do remember you talking about that.
0: Okay, I liked Inherent Vice. I, I I don't think it's one of his best. I, I if I had to pick my top three or four of his oh, it would be wait. Boogie wait,
1: Sorry, Phantom Thread I do wanna see as well.
0: Yeah, Phantom Thread is really good. The topic I don't know much about fashion or dressmaking, and it gets really detailed and uh, once you get okay. into that, but But it's so good. It's so Daniel Day Lewis can make you care about anything, I guess. Yeah. Um it's it's really, really good. Uh so all of his movies. I mean, with the exception of this and maybe Licorice Pizza, I I could, you know, I love, so Heart 8, I love Boogie Nights, that just, I mean, it was basically, he was ripping off Goodfellas, but with the adult film industry. Right. Man, did he do a great job with that. Magnolia is basically an ensemble piece and Tom Cruise was nominated for an Oscar for it. I don't think anyone would have complained if he won the Oscar. I think he should have won considering who the nominees were that year. Uh, it's fantastic. Punch Drunk Love, I think, is a great love story, and Adam—it's also like a weird, bizarro, artsy Adam Sandler film because it focuses. It feels like an Adam Sandler movie. It focuses on what he focuses on with his humor and a lot of anger in it, and it's really funny and beautiful at the same time. There Will Be Blood, I think, is a masterpiece in a lot of ways. Inherent Vice, I think, is fun. Uh, It's kind of like Big Lebowski, but not as good. Sort of like a Philip Marlowe, long goodbye type of, you know, funny mystery. Uh, And then Phantom Thread is a good straight drama. Really intricate, really beautiful. And Licorice Pizza, I wanted to like. I just, that's a different discussion for a different day. Uh, I, I was slightly let down by that movie, so. Uh, but either way, that's a body of work. I mean, we're going over the past 25, 30, almost you know, 25 years. What a heck of a body of work mm-hmm. he's got there. So, All right.
1: Um, that's the so director. That's the director. Right? And I'm a
0: huge, huge Paul Thomas Anderson fan, going all the way back to when I saw Boogie Nights. And then I went out of my way to see Heart 8. I saw Magnolia in the theater. I think I've seen every one of his films – from Magnolia Hall on 1999, I've seen every single one of his films in the theater and I've loved most of them. <laughs> okay, okay, so yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> all right, so the cast, um, I guess he tends to reuse a lot of the same actors. Um, mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix, we'll start with him. He plays Freddie Quell, um, he's kind of the main character of the story. Um, mm-hmm. He has been in a couple of those other movies, that, at least one of them, right? Inherent Vice. He was only,
0: the only other movie I think he did with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was Inherent Vice. Okay. He was the lead role in both, and he was terrific in both. Very different kinds of movies, but, yeah, he was very good in both.
1: What are your thoughts on Joaquin Phoenix
0: as an actor? Um, Terrific, terrific actor. I can't take anything away from him as an actor. Very physical, uh, powerful actor. I did not like The Joker. Movie, But I won't say anything bad. He won the Oscar for that. He won Best Actor for that. I won't say anything bad about his performance. I'll just say it was pretty much, you know, anyone who went to film school and loved Martin Scorsese, especially Taxi Driver and King of Comedy could have directed, written and directed that movie. So, uh, but one of my favorite Joaquin Phoenix movies is Her. Did you ever see Her, Rich, from 2013? No. Great movie. Spike Jones won the Oscar for screenplay for that. Uh, So he's a very gifted, you know, talented uh, actor. He puts his whole body, you know, physically, emotionally into the performance. Um, I mean, I even liked him in going all the way back to Gladiator, and there was a movie called Quills with him and Jeffrey Rush and Kate Winslet. He was really good in that. Um, so, well, he's a very talented actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Do you have any good, bad, otherwise things to say about Joaquin Phoenix? Favorite performances? Well, or I'm, anything you don't like about him? I'm
1: going to go all the way back to his very first movie, a 1986 hidden gem called Space Camp. Which, wow. which I'm sure okay. you've never heard of.
0: I've seen it. I've seen it. You've i have seen, seen Space Cam? Seen I've seen Space Camp with Leah Thompson, right? Leah Thompson, Kate Capshaw, Kelly Preston. Yep.
1: Tom yep. Skerritt.
0: Okay, yes. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've seen Terry Space O'Quinn. Campos. I don't remember him in that, but I know who Terry O'Quinn John
1: is. John Williams did the score.
0: That I didn't know either, okay, but I liked Space Camp. I didn't love Space Camp, but I liked it. There's a that. robot in it? <laughs> yes, there is. I remember the robot. <laughs> my
1: brother, one of my brothers loved this movie and would watch it all okay. the time, and that's how okay. I knew it. So yes, he is okay. in that. He was a child, obviously. <laughs> um, well, he's
0: he. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is River Phoenix's little brother.
1: Right. Um
0: And he was credited for a while, if I'm not mistaken, as Leaf Phoenix.
1: Yeah, he yeah, his name wasn't always Joaquin, but they all had the ear- they all had weird names.
0: Yeah, the earliest I remember, uh Joaquin Phoenix, or whatever, was he's credited as Leaf Phoenix. Did you ever see? I'm sure you did, and if you didn't, you need to see it. The nineteen eighty nine movie Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, Diane yes, Wiest. Yes, I've seen Parenthood. Parenthood, yes. You saw yes. Parenthood. He was Diane Weist's younger son the yep. troubled son yep. who yeah okay yeah so that was joaquin phoenix and, and then he
1: phoenix. becomes buddy well his daughter his sister is dating keanu reeves and he becomes buddies right, with him yeah yeah, yeah I, mean, I like that finally
0: movie. Yeah, yeah yeah that's an excellent excellent movie and he, he does it i mean he only has like maybe three scenes in it but he does a good job in that movie
1: yeah yeah that's she fun. thinks he's on drugs but it's like porn magazines or something right is that right
0: it was that, or it was he was just mad at his father because he had no relationship. Well, that so was part of it. His father's a dentist, and he bashes in the office with a hammer, and the father doesn't press charges or something. Like oh that. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember that. He only has a few scenes, but he's he's he, does, he everything about that movie's good. That's kind of a perfect movie, in my opinion. So um parenthood is excellent. Yeah, so then uh, that's um the, that's my earliest memory of him. I uh, my, um, you reminded me of Space Camp. Thank you, but <laughs> if you didn't say that, I would have I would have mentioned if you asked my earliest memory of Joaquin Phoenix parenthood with Steve Martin.
1: Yeah, parenthood um you know, obviously Gladiator he was the uh, the the bad guy in that Commodus. Um, he got an Oscar
0: nomination for that as well as he
1: should have he was very good in that
0: yeah I agree yeah no no qualms
1: there. Um, The Village uh, you could like or hate it but I thought he was good in that uh, I
0: did hate that movie, but it's not his fault. Yes, okay. Um,
1: I did not see Ladder 49 because it looked...
0: It didn't see that either. Him and Travolta, I think, Yeah, right?
1: it looked like a movie that was just setting You never up saw
0: there. Quills with him and Jeffrey Rush?
1: No, that doesn't...
0: Uh, the, the Marquis de Sade? Really good movie. He's good. Michael Caine is good in it. Uh, Kate Winslet. That, uh, Quills is a very good movie. And I think that came out back right after... Uh, uh, gladiator, and it was just like, well, okay, it's like, this guy, alright, this guy's really good, he can really act.
1: Okay. So. Um, yeah, so apparently I guess their their family was in a cult. And I heard that. Yeah. that. And then when they got, you know, when they made it out of the cult, um, which I don't remember what cult it was, off the top of my head, but I guess it was one that had involved some kind of mass suicide or something, but they got out of it mm. before that, and then changed their name to Phoenix,
0: to Phoenix, because it rises. Because yes, it I read rises. That. I did read that. And their, yes. their original <laughs> last
1: name was Bottom, so they wanted to... You know. That
0: I did read that. Yes. Yeah. So River Bottom. <laughs> His name was River Bottom. Well, no, I, I'm, okay. I'm
1: okay. sure that their their names changed when they all... Okay, so
0: even the first name may have changed. <laughs> yeah. Joaquin, I, I used to... We'll go back to our, our high school. Uh, Rich and I, we've known each other for a long time, but we didn't know each other in high school. I worked at a video store in high school. And people would come up to me and ask me, "Is Joaquin Phoenix related to Joaquin Phoenix?" Oh boy, I heard that question twice. (laughs) Okay, and I laughed both times. (laughs) Yeah. So, along with, uh, do you guys have the Star Wars trilogy? Oh boy,
1: (laughs) what what video store
0: was it? Suncoast, the video oh, store. Oh, yes, one. I, so it I wasn't knew that, yeah, a, It I, wasn't yeah. a video rental store, but it was could yeah, buy yeah. Movies. And, yes, I used my discount probably too many times there, but I definitely uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, enjoyed my time working at that video store. So, yeah. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, he's had kind of a crazy up-and-down life and a crazy up-and-down career, and it seems like this decade has been very good to him. Uh, so from the master to her to... Uh, i mean just tons of i liked him in walk the line the johnny cash movie that was 2005 i think so he's really emerged as a very very talented dedicated certainly you can't argue his dedication uh dedicated actor so even if you don't like the master and even if you don't like joker uh which I just basically said I don't like I don't I do not like the movie Joker you can't deny his dedication to those roles
1: agreed Um, now in this movie especially in the beginning of the movie I could see why he was picked to be Joker did that resonate with you at all?
0: Yes, it did. Okay. I definitely see a lot of similarities with it. And there was another movie that he made that came out a year before Joker. It was called, I have a friend, I think you can guess what, who the friend is, who loves this movie. It was called, I think, I believe, it's one of those sentence movies. You Were Never Really Here is what it's called. Okay, did yeah, yeah, Did you hear yeah. about that movie? I, I've heard it? of it. it. Yeah, I've heard You've of it. You've heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same movie as Joker, except once again, he doesn't have the face paint. Okay, oh, so okay. he's basically made the same movie twice. One time it was called Joker and he won an Oscar. The other time it was called You Were Never Really Here and really only real cinephiles or people that love artsy independent cinema appreciated it or saw it. So uh, I, I don't get it, but whatever. It's And they're both rip, rip off of, of Taxi Driver. Anyway, oh, okay. So. <laughs> That's my opinion, though. So. All right. So, I, I hold Scorsese up on a pedestal, as Rich or any of our listeners may know.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I've thought of that as well. Um, not, not that movie, but I thought in the beginning of this movie, I was like, oh, all right. I could see some similarities to Joker here.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. The, the the physical transformation, the facial expressions right. he makes, yep. uh, like just the, his back and how he arches his back. Yeah, that so too. Yeah, yep. so yeah, he's 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 a very very talented actor. I may have problems with the movies he picks. Uh, it's kind of like Margot Robbie. I think Margot Robbie is a tremendous, talented, beautiful actress. But other than Wolf of Wall Street, I can't think of a single movie she's made that I like. <laughs> okay. and and she, But she's good in everything. Joaquin Phoenix, I don't like Joker. And this movie, well, we'll get to it at the end, how I really feel about it. But uh, I don't have problems with Joaquin Phoenix, the actor, and then the performance, and the dedication he gives, and the determination. You know, he's just, he's so, so, you know, physical and, and you know. Gives gives a hundred percent into the
1: performance. You didn't like I Tanya with Roman Garobi? I did not. No. no, I liked it. I thought that was good.
0: Once again, it felt like it felt like a couple of film school kids saw Goodfellas too many times and they said, "Hey, let's make this movie only about figure skating." Okay. <laughs> that's what I felt. So, and you're like, "Jason, you're kind of right." <laughs> so, I mean, that's a little uh, bit, it, but I thought it was good. If you're going to if you're going to rip off Scorsese, you better do at least as good of a job as Paul Thomas Anderson did with Boogie Nights, okay? That I could forgive cuz those long tracking shots, the performances, the way he edited the music to the action Scorsese-esque okay Mm -hmm. pretty seamless Uh, I don't think Scorsese could have made a better movie with that cast and script and everything that he had uh, if he tried so that's that's how good I think Paul Thomas Anderson is oh wow if he's a plagiarist he's the best plagiarist (laughs) we've had since Shakespeare okay so I put him up there
1: all right um Next on the list is Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's been in a lot of things. Um, I've I've seen... A lot of P.T.
0: Anderson movies. Yeah. Yeah. Five P.T. Anderson movies, if I'm not mistaken.
1: How many? I'm sorry. Five. Five?
0: Really? Hard Eight, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, and uh, The Master. So, yes, he did five. Oh, okay. Before his untimely passing, obviously. And now his son, Cooper Hoffman, is uh, in Licorice Pizza. He's the lead in that.
1: How did he die?
0: Uh, heroin overdose oh. sadly yeah he, he just got high and that'll do it. never woke up yeah it's, it, it was a shame uh, you know and he was immensely talented and everyone loved working with him and everyone said the best things and you can't you know take away from his talent. He was a tremendous actor. He won an Oscar for Capote. he played Truman Capote. did you ever see that movie? Yeah, loved it. Uh, okay. all right yeah so he was terrific in that. Um, he's been nominated, I don't know how many times he was nominated, but he was nominated several times Mm -hmm. uh, for The Master, as well as many other movies. So, I think The Master was his final Oscar nomination before he uh, passed away. Okay. Um, But, yeah, uh, I always liked Philip Seymour Hoffman. Once again, I think I first saw him in Boogie Nights, and then in Magnolia, and then just yeah, I loved him in Punch Drunk Love when he yells at Adam Sandler on the phone <laughs> as the Mattress Man. That's that's one of my favorite scenes of both of their careers. So
1: um, yeah, I I remember his him from uh, a little movie back in '93 called My Boyfriend's Back which you you probably never saw saw that. that. I saw it. it? I saw
0: my Boyfriend's Back. It was horrible. It was horrible. Um, But I certainly don't remember him in that. If I would say my earliest Philip Seymour Hoffman memory, I think he was the bad bully, Chris O'Donnell's bully in Scent of a Woman.
1: He is in Scent of a Woman, yes.
0: Yeah. Okay, he was in that, and he was in an early uh, 90s Paul Newman movie that I really like called Nobody's Nobody's Fool. Nobody's Fool, yeah. I
1: saw it. I don't remember him being in it. I remember uh, him in Twister.
0: Nobody's Fool. Yes, he's in Twister. That's right. He's dusty. Good, good. I, that I don't remember, but I do remember him in Twister. Um, I remember him in Patch Adams. He was kind of like Robin Williams' roommate. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. jerk, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I've always liked Philip Seymour Hoffman. The Big Lebowski. One of my... F- big Lebowski, of course. Yes, he was Brant, the servant mm-hmm. for the the the, the 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 other Jeffrey Lebowski, the millionaire. Um, how about... Did you ever see... Oh uh movie with him that i really liked okay it's called before the devil knows you're dead did you ever see that with him and marissa tomei and ethan Hall? no great movie great performance and he plays a heroin addict in mm. that so it's kind of sad and yeah uh that's one of his best movies in my opinion so okay. he's, he's a terrific actor so even once again like you know Kind of like Joaquin Phoenix. He may be in some bad movies every now and then, but he's always good. Like, off the top of my head, Mission Impossible 3, I remember thinking was really stupid. But he was a good villain in that.
1: So. Okay. All right. Um, Amy Adams is in this. I'm a little surprised she got a Best Actor nomination. She She's barely even in this movie.
0: Well, supporting actress Well, probably. still, supporting
1: though. Actress, I mean, so. I, I felt like she didn't really do much, but... I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe it was a weak year for supporting actress, but it is a pretty the top three Joaquin Phoenix Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams all give really powerhouse performances they all have moments where it's like okay I get why the Oscars or the Academy or anyone would say okay they deserve a nomination so um, she has some strong moments in this movie and she's a strong how many times has she been nominated? 7? 8? I don't think she's ever won but, uh, yeah, she was nominated for Vice, she was nominated for this, uh, Arrival. Uh, what else has she done that you really like her in?
1: Um, she was in a few episodes of The Office. Um, that's, that's right. But that's yes, not so why. Season
0: one that. or season two. One yeah. and two. Oh, yeah. she was in Doubt. Did you ever see Doubt? I like Doubt mm. with her and Meryl Streep. And Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, yeah, very. I think he was nominated. I think all three of them were nominated. She was a supporting actress. Meryl Streep was actress, and Philip Seymour Rothman may have been actor or supporting actor. Uh, Doubt was a terrific movie.
1: Uh, I remember her in Catch Me If You Can, which I, I did like that movie, yes. and she was good in yep.
0: that. Yeah, I think that was the first time I saw her in anything. Yeah, was that
1: was the first can, time yeah. I saw her in anything. Uh, I'm just looking through. Talladega Nights, I thought she was good in, but she's, in it. Yep. she's not in it for a yep. lot much. Yeah, she was in that, yeah. Um... I did not of course, see. those uh, those
0: DC movies, the Batman versus Superman, Man of Steel. She's Lois Lane, but she's sort of whatever in those movies. I don't think that's I mean, that's not a knock on her. You know, I think that's because the movies are just whatever. Uh, I thought she was good.
1: I thought she was good in American Hustle, although I didn't love that movie. Oh yes, but I liked, I liked
0: her. her in American Hustle. I liked her in The Fighter. She was mm-hmm. good in The Fighter. Same yeah. director, David O. Russell. Yeah, so she's she's got a, you know, she's a very talented actress, uh, you know, regardless um, of what you, you know, yeah, whatever she does, she ends up doing a good job. So she's up there. Any other actors? There's a few, there's one actor in here I don't think I ever recognized that he was in this movie, but now he's super famous. And at the time, obviously, he was a nobody.
1: Well, there's two. Well, one one really sticks out, which is Rami Malek, which I'm assuming you're Yes, I was
0: thinking Rami Malek, because Rami Malek, I've, I've seen this movie at least three or four times in its entirety prior to this, you know, mm-hmm. podcast, and I don't think I ever recognized Rami Malek, I and mean, he has, he's in a lot of scenes, he maybe doesn't have a big role, but he's one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's sons in this movie, correct?
1: Uh, son-in-law, but yeah, he's in it, he's in it a lot, yeah.
0: A lot, yeah. And I never, I never knew who he was because I guess the last time I saw this movie was prior to 2018, Bohemian Rhapsody and Mr. Robot, and when Rami Malek became a huge deal. So, uh, yeah. Did you see the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die? No,
1: I didn't. But I know he's in that. But the only thing I've ever yeah. actually seen him in is is the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I did not see Mr. Ro- I never saw Mr. Robot, but I knew I'm 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 aware of it, and I knew he was in it. Uh, But when I saw him in this, I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm not somebody I was expecting to see in this movie.
0: (laughs) And I've had the same reaction. I've seen this movie four or five times now at this point. Um, This is a movie I keep going back to and I keep hoping to like. And I, I, well, whatever. We'll keep going. So Rami Malik is in this. Uh, anything else you want to add about Rami Malik? No,
1: um, no, not Rami Malik. Um, I think we
0: named we named his highlights. Mister Robot. Yeah, uh, no time to, to die. It, yeah. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. He's a talented actor for sure. But yes, uh, I think we, you know, we we touched on. I don't think I can say anything else. Once again, we've got to see other movies, I guess, to you know, in parts like this to really. You know, yeah. dissect his career a little more. Uh, but Jesse Plemons is another. That's one the other that's one
1: I was thinking. Yeah, that I was a little surprised to see him in this, and this is be- pre putting on a lot of pounds. Um, so <laughs> yes. he still looks like the Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad that I remember. Um,
0: but was he not perfectly cast as Philip Seymour Hoffman's son?
1: He was. I just wish he was in it more. Uh, yeah, he does look I like him. I think
0: he's in it pretty good. He's in it pretty, uh, uh, well, I don't know. But once again, this was pre-Jesse Plemons before he was married to Kirsten Dunst and kind of a big deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Jesse Plemons, I think he's a combination of if Philip Seymour Hoffman and Matt Damon were to have a child. (laughs) I really think that's Jesse Plemons because he looks so much like Matt Damon's young, fatter, younger brother and Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. And I guess that means I never realized how much Matt Damon looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman.
1: Yeah, kind of, but yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Laura Dern has a small role in this. Um, her Her best movie, obviously, is Jurassic Park. Um, know, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm no just kidding. way. I was just wanting to <laughs> okay, get a well, reaction out well, of you.
0: Because well, he knows I'm a David Lynch yes. fan, so he knows I'm going to say Blue Velvet or Wild at Right.
1: Park, for Park, me, it um, actually yeah. is Jurassic Park, but for you, it's not. I'm oh, sure.
0: okay. <laughs> well, I, as long as you don't say Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, then no, I, I'm okay no. with what... I'm okay with whatever you say is Laura Dern's best movie. I actually liked her in, oh, that way I get, get a point to bring in two two uh, prominent uh, people in the motion picture industry uh, passed away in the past week, past few days, actually. Uh, Sydney Poitier died yesterday, and a few days before that, Peter Bogdanovich died. She was in a Peter Bogdanovich film. She is a small role, but she's excellent in it, playing a blind girl in the movie Mask with Eric Stoltz and Cher. Did you ever see that movie? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, she was really, she a small role, but she
0: was really good, I thought, in that, where, yeah, because he was interested in her, and she was blind, so she didn't know his face was all, you know, messed up Mm -hmm. and everything, so, Um, yeah, so Peter Bogdanovich, you know, really, really, well, he, I, I don't know, I guess he had a few great movies, and I do think Mask is a very good movie, so uh i'll give him a shout out there uh to the late peter bogdanovich but yeah laura durham terrific actress any any other actors you want to mention there's only one other one that i wrote down um
1: let me check i don't think so no i don't think so
0: jillian bell jillian bell she was in 21 Drump street uh who, she's in a bunch who of was these. she in this oh my god i know some woman (laughs) but you would definitely know her face if you see her so that's the only other one that i wrote down that was worth mentioning but seriously let's look at this cast joaquin phoenix academy award winner philip seymour Hoffman, academy award winner amy adams like eight time nominee she hasn't won jesse plemons hasn't won but rami malik academy award winner laura dern after marriage story academy award winner so i mean that's like what five six Oscar winners in this you know small yeah. movie I think that's that's pretty impressive if you ask me so mm-hmm. um, yeah I you know I just wish I, <laughs> that the movie I don't know uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll see how you feel and at the end I I I'll give my two cents but um, you can tell, Rich. I've seen this movie 4 or 5 times now. I wouldn't watch it to torture myself, okay? So, I I certainly there's stuff that I like about it and stuff and you know, I want to like it, but we'll see if uh, the the question is did you like it and we'll find out. So, yeah.
1: Um all right. So, uh let's get into the movie. Um mm-hmm. The synopsis is that Freddie Quell, played by Joaquin Phoenix, is a troubled, boozy drifter struggling with the trauma of World War II, and whatever inner demons ruled his life before that. On a fateful night in 1950, Freddie boards a passing boat and meets Lancaster Dodd, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, the charismatic leader of a religious movement called The Cause. Freddie tries hard to adhere to Dodd's weird teachings and forms a close bond with his mentor, even as other members of Dodd's inner circle see him as a threat. So, the movie is 84% certified fresh and
0: 62% audience score. So, high, pretty high either way. You cut it, I suppose. Yes. Although there's a a So I'm the minority either way. Bit of a discrepancy versus the critics who put it higher than the audience, the regular people. Uh and it's very unusual, you know, if those who listen, for me to be the one to side more with the audience. But that seems to be where I'm at. But we'll see how we get to at the end. So Rich, I'm the fact that you haven't Come out and just said like you did with Natural Born Killers. All right, I'm just saying it. I hated this movie. Let's let's go from there. You know <laughs> th- that means that th- there's at least something that you liked about this movie, and maybe maybe you're as conflicted about the master as I am because I'm very conflicted about. Well, this we'll see. Um, we will. All right, so let's start right from the beginning. What a great opening shot! Does it not have a great opening shot? Water, right? <laughs> it's beautiful water though is it not Let's, it is. the the music score by Johnny Greenwood I mean this looks I watched it on Netflix as I'm assuming the same way you did streaming and it, I remember seeing in the theater and it looked great on the theater and it looked just as good on my screen it's just uh, beautiful beautiful shots this whole movie had beautiful cinematography so go on
1: um, yeah so the opening shot is water it is beautiful water but it's clearly water from the back of a boat um <laughs> Because you can see, you know, the flow of you know propellers or whatever. Um, right. Walking Phoenix has an army hat on. He is just kind of staring into something. You don't really know what. Um, I didn't know what time this movie was in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed World War II when they show the shots on the beach and all the guys wrestling and just because of the outfits they were wearing. And the, mm-hmm. but uh, that's not confirmed at this point. Um, he. But it does end up being World War. II. It does you end up being out, yeah, what,
0: it, ten or fifteen minutes after this opening opening moment. So yes.
1: Right. Yeah, you do. It is determined that it is, War <laughs> and World the majority
0: II. of the film takes place in the late forties, early fifties.
1: If I'm uh, nineteen fifty, they mention that's when nineteen
0: fifty exactly. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's when he um when he gives him his series of questions. Um, mm-hmm. it, he he says that it's nineteen fifty. Um, because okay. he he records it. Um, he's on the, they're on the beach, there's the, the guy, the soldiers are fighting, not viciously, but like wrestling, wrestling each other, yeah, yeah wrestling, homoerotic
0: yeah. um, looking intentionally, I
1: think, right, so, yeah. um, he
0: is, uh, right off the, carving b- boobs on the sand or something, well, the, the, there's the, the,
1: the, the soldiers, I guess, car, like, made, like, a, a woman in the sand, and he defiles yeah. it, and, um, then masturbates, and... So Uh, weird. Very very bizarre. Right off the bat, this I I was like, "Wow, this is going to be a weirder movie than I thought." He was he was drinking. I don't know, putting something into a coconut and drinking it. So he's clearly an alcoholic. Um, drinking
0: gasoline, drinking drinking like, yeah, fluid something, at yeah, some point. A, something from a drinking, bomb, like things yeah. off the ship. Yeah, I stuff from the bomb. I don't know what. But this man, he makes alcoholics look good because this guy, Joaquin Phoenix's character, what's his name? Freddie Quell, if yeah, I'm not Yeah, Freddie Quell, yeah. He'll drink anything. He'll drink mouthwash. He'll drink kerosene. He'll drink, I uh, just, yeah. Yeah, anything to stuff get drunk, yeah. Stuff that would kill a normal person, this guy will just drink like we're drinking whiskey, and
1: yep. I don't understand. So the war is over, and uh, you know they're they're trying to to I guess get these soldiers back into civilian life. Uh, they give him the ink blot test, and he um, says everything looks like a vagina, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So clearly he's got a lot of issues. Uh, although they don't really say what they were, you don't know that he's
0: no, they don't. Done and anything. that's one of my problems with this movie. Yeah, I, I know, Rich. You like movies where they tell you things, and you don't have to think about it. I usually like movies where they don't tell you everything, but this is one where it's a more frustrating experience. Because well, we'll get to it at the end. Well, they <laughs> but, don't. They uh, don't
1: yeah. really. They don't tell you anything, but they also don't even like allude to anything. I mean, I guess they kind of do. Like at one point, they you know it's kind of assumed that his aunt molested him, maybe, uh, or he had some kind of sexual they relationship. They definitely go into that yeah. later
0: on when when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is doing his Scientology. Right. And once again, what you bring to this movie? See, I, how much do you know about Scientology? Ralph?
1: I know little to none. And I don't want okay. to know anything. That's by choice. Okay. That's that is okay. Well, that's
0: a good choice, in my opinion. The, okay, I saw this movie, and then about, and I was sort of like, hmm, you know, in theaters, I sort of like shrugged my shoulders, like, whatever, okay. Then a few years later, there was a documentary on HBO, which I highly recommend if it's still on HBO uh, Max, if you can stream it. It's called "Going Clear: The Truth About Scientology." Holy cow. That documentary had me on the edge of my seat. And a lot of it is, okay, the majority of what I know about Scientology is from that movie. The Master, which I now know after the fact, because I saw Going Clear. Once I saw Going Clear, all of a sudden the Master started to make a hell of a lot more sense to me. And then the other one is the South Park episode (laughs) uh, with the Scientology with Tom tom cruise trapped in the closet if you haven't seen that or listeners if you haven't heard that seen that you gotta watch tom cruise won't come out of the closet okay it's hilarious and john travolta shows up and r kelly shows up it's great so between those three things i know about lord zenu and the mark lars and all the stuff yeah, that i have no idea any of that. really any of that believe that in it's really crazy so <laughs> um you gotta watch the south park that's on HBO. Um, you can definitely
1: what Stuff. Didn't, like, Leah Remini speak out against them or
0: She had a whole series of it. I haven't yeah. watched it, but she had a whole series because she was a Scientologist and her parents were Scientologists. And to escape Scientology, it's kind of like escaping prison, okay? It's literally, it's like, and if you watch the Going Clear documentary, it sounds like one of the most famous Scientologists besides Tom Cruise, John Travolta. Has tried to get out of the Church of Scientology, and I guess either they have dirt on him and they won't let him. Remember when, like, seven or eight years ago, there was a lot of rumors going around about John Travolta being gay?
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Okay. That was allegedly because he was trying to get out of Scientology. So, in some of his... The, you know, sessions that they have, like what what Philip Seymour Hoffman does to uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. Um, that was what they, you know, they did to John Travolta. And I guess through some of that, he let out some homophobic thoughts. Mm. I don't know exactly. Once again, we don't, we don't, I'm going by what the documentary said. So, yeah, when that was coming out, all this stuff was coming out. John Travolta gay. John Travolta is gay. That was Scientology-gay you know, releasing things. I thought,
1: I thought maybe just somebody watched Greece again, put two and two together. (laughs) No, (laughs) I don't.
0: (laughs) I, I, I mean, but whatever, I mean, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's, it's getting out of Scientology, according to Leah Ramini. And if you watch that documentary and you, they talk to some people that they interviewed who got out and it's just, it's really, it's, like getting out of a cult, it's not easy. Okay, or like getting out of prison. So, what's the attraction to
1: actors? Like why? Why they are have a lot of money?
0: They have a lot of money, and it costs a lot of money to be a Scientologist. Okay, college. it's all about making money. It's not about. Well, as most cults are, or religion you can say this about any religion. You know, organized religion. It's all about the money at the end. Well, for Scientology, why do they attract actors or musicians or rich people or you know, show business people? Because they're you know they have a lot of money. And each level you go up, all the tests, like all the tests that they were giving Freddie Quell in this movie, you know, those cost. Hundreds of dollars, and you do that over time to reach the next level of Scientology, to eventually get to the whatever the Tom Cruise level is. You're you're paying them. You know, well, all right. So hundreds of thousands. Let, of let
1: me rephrase my question. Then I get why Scientology goes after actors, but why are actors interest, interested
0: in being part of Scientology? Because I feel like they're from what I can tell. Okay, good good question. From what I can tell you from the um, the documentary that I saw, or at least from for Tom Cruise. They cater to his ego. Oh, so okay. if you have this entire church telling you that you're the greatest and you're Okay, God's that makes sense. To, so. You know, then wouldn't you want to divorce your wife and devote your life to, you know, this this cult or cause that's going to, you know, it, it's, it, it really, it made me feel sad for Tom Cruise for why he divorced Nicole Kidman and, you know, abandoned her and, you know, chose Scientology, but at the same time, he's also a grown man who should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you believe the documentary, once again. And Paul Thomas Anderson has worked with Tom Cruise. He directed him in Magnolia. They're allegedly friends. And they got into a... He won't... Tom uh, Paul Thomas Anderson won't reveal what, you know, Tom Cruise actually said, but he showed him this movie and Tom Cruise was not happy with this
1: movie. I I, I had and, read that, but again, yeah, I didn't want to go into the, the Scientology route and, and start digging into that. because I, again I, I, I didn't realize I yeah, <laughs> how
0: accurate it was until I saw Going Clear. And then once I saw that documentary, I was like, holy crap, this is the master. Only in documentary form. Okay, he had a cruise ship. He had the followers. He had the tests. Instead of the book called the Cause, it was a book called Dianetics. He looks like Elron Hubbard. Yeah. Okay. They didn't. They they did. A, Paul Thomas Anderson did his homework. He just didn't. Which once again, normally I should I would love this. He doesn't blatantly tell you. So I didn't know. I I heard, oh, controversial about Scientology. You could figure it out that this guy's, you know. So, and when you heard the press talking about Scientology in relation to this movie and people being upset, I'm like, okay, you could put two and two together and get it. But Paul Thomas Anderson really did his homework when he wrote and directed this movie. Because this is, I could understand, it's... It's very blatant, yeah. Okay, what he was trying to do, and and once again, I don't know the history of L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology, not until I saw that documentary a few years later. So then I rewatched it again afterwards, and uh, we'll get to that later.
1: So, all right, but, um, yeah. okay, so, um, yeah, you know, he so then Joaquin Phoenix is taking pictures, he's a photographer in a department store. Um, he's drinking. some
0: Weird scenes there. Very are they not.
1: This whole movie's weird. I'll be honest. But weird
0: scenes with him and the man with the light where he keeps moving it closer to his face. Weird scenes with him and the woman. The woman. Where yeah. The him and the woman making yeah. out. And... All, it all of it was weird.
1: weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird and weird get weird and weird. And Kristen, my my wife, is actually into this. Uh, the premise of this movie. And started watching it with me, and I think she was quickly taken out of it with those scenes. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, and, and that's one of my problems with this movie, and you know me. I, I like movies that aren't made for the, you know, the masses, the general masses, the layman. But this, and you know I like Paul Thomas Anderson, but, well, I'll, well okay. So I'm I'm glad that Kristen tried to watch it with you, but at the same time, I'm also not surprised that she was just like, maybe after half an hour or so, like, done. And I don't, you know, I'm not surprised.
1: Basically, yeah. No. Um, yeah. so he gets fired from that. Then he, I guess he, he's working in a cabbage field. He gets accused of poisoning a guy, but because with his moonshine that he's making. Um... Yeah. So then he run, has to run away from there, and then and
0: he's pretty much the only white person at that yes. lettuce patch, yes. cabbage field. Everyone else is Asian, I, and they or chase or,
1: or, or I th- were they Asian? I thought they were Hispanic, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, I thought they were Asian. Either way, not <laughs> yeah. yeah he he didn't, he didn't really fit in there. But then uh, so no. then I guess he uh, he runs away from them, and then he goes onto a ship that's leaving. Um, I guess he. And was... What a great
0: shot! Let, let me just won't interrupt. What a great shot where we see him walking, and we see that ship at night in the background, and then just for the long focus, you see Philip Seymour Hoffman clearly dancing, and it's all one take. I thought that was a really good shot. But well, Paul Thomas Anderson is a master director. Yeah. He doesn't have that reputation by accident, okay? I don't love his work because, you know, all he does is rip off Scorsese and other directors. No, he, he can handle a camera better than most people, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, no, that's a good shot. Um I guess he was drawn to the ship because he was in the navy. I don't know. Uh but he goes on the ship, or maybe because it looked fun, I don't know. But he goes on the yeah, ship. Yeah, it sounded
0: like they're having a great time on there. Yeah, I but he, to go on he doesn't there really
1: too. go on there to have fun. He he like he goes on there to fall asleep, really, right? And then, Yeah, like a stove. Yeah. It's weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um if he went on there and tried to blend in with a party, that would be one thing. But he just kinda goes in there and then wakes up and Philip Seymour Hoffman's there and yeah, That's when we're introduced yeah, it, to him. It is,
0: yeah, it's a, once again another weird, <laughs> weird situation in this movie.
1: Yeah. Um. So he wants him. He was like, you know, he I guess he had some of his out his homemade alcohol and and says he likes it. Wants him to make more. And then is you know little by little trying to convert him to uh, the cause, which is his uh, his his the the religion I guess or whatever you want to call it. It's his book. It's his, his version book, of yeah. Dianetics.
0: It's his L. Ron Hubbard's, you know, his you know whatever. <laughs> exactly.
1: So. so then yeah, so then there's a wedding and and Remy Malik is the, It's is his the, daughter's uh, his marriage. His daughter's I'm marriage, I'm marriage to Remy Malik, yeah. Yes, um yes. Jesse Clemens is his son, Amy Adams is his wife, gets where you meet all these characters. Um he then uh, he he's, he makes a drink. Did you see what he puts in that drink? Paint thinner, like yes. no wonder people are dying when they drink
0: it. <laughs> but um, you don't drink that and expect to live very long. Right. <laughs>
1: um, so then he gets the he gets questioned and and uh, basically I, I don't know what is that like their initiation. I, they have a name for it. I I forget what it is. Um, but he, you know, he asked all these questions. That's when it's revealed that his aunt, he slept with his aunt. He had a relationship with his aunt. He did kill
0: some incestuous gross. Yes. So he was abused sexually as a child. Yes, um, he his heard. his
1: mom was in a loony bin, and what was his? I forget what his dad's story was. Um,
0: yeah, I forget. But he but said says it's mom's, not good. This yeah. guy didn't come from a good home life a good
1: background. no goes into the army um admits to killing japs but that's about it he didn't you know home kill life. anyone outside of the war um right. so that that's where a little bit is revealed about his past but that's pretty much all we get um yep. and then um you know he he talks out of the side of his mouth which i mean kudos to to Joaquin Phoenix for being able to do that because I couldn't do that. I
0: believe they said he put something in his. Little, yeah, the dedication. Once again, you can't. You can say what you want about the movie, but you can't say bad things about Joaquin Phoenix and his dedication to the role.
1: Right. Um, there, they they' Then they get into more intense questions. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman I think is really good in this scene. Um, mm-hmm. with the questioning and repeating questions when he knows that the answer is not right.
0: Or that there's more to it. Um, and how much repetition does this movie have? Did that annoy you at all? In terms of the questioning, or just in general? Both, I guess. <laughs> the questioning—it
1: didn't annoy me at all because I, I could see what was happening there, um, okay.
0: trying to break him down
1: exactly, and and get the truth. Yeah. Um, but how about
0: the, the, the movie where he's going back and forth? I'm thinking of later scenes going back and forth against the wall. That was a lot. Yeah, that was too much. Oh.
1: That was too much. Oh, my
0: God. I've, and once again, I've seen this movie, like I said, four or five times straight through. Oh, God. Well, it's I, torture. I, I don't
1: time. have a lot of notes for this movie because not a lot really happens. Um, I could sum up all it's the plot, plot points in like four movie, or five bullets. Sure. Bullets. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's, there's, it's not a plot-based movie, No, you're absolutely right. So um, it's a character-based movie, and once again, if the performances drive the movie, and if you're just looking at this movie for the performances, then Joaquin Phoenix, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, Oscar-worthy performances. Mm-hmm. Can't argue that. Does that make a good movie? Uh, that's what we'll discuss.
1: Uh, so during this time, it's revealed that there, it's 1950, so it's been five years since the war... Um... Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of the timeline we're at here, and 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 um, uh, there's flashbacks of a girl he met who was 16, and I guess it was before he went off to war. And he always Dolores. Said, Dolores. Yeah. Weird, know, weird scenes. Weird. Those yeah. scenes
0: are weird too. And then he goes back and just meets the mother, and she's long gone and married to someone else. It's just weird. And it's it seems like that's like his rosebud. You know, that's like his longing for you know.
1: But it, yeah, but th- they were just weird scenes. Like it didn't make sense. Like how did they even meet? And why was he even there? Like it was just.
0: I know was, she just wrote him a letter. He just yeah, she wrote him a letter. Random. Yeah, it was just bizarre. And she was like into him, and then he left and then he came back and it was too late kind of thing,
1: well he said he was going to come back but he never did and then
0: so, but she seemed into him right yeah, the first yeah. time they met well, even though she was like 16 and he was whatever in his, his 20s probably yeah yeah i don't know yeah but once again 1940 whatever that may have been more common at the time or more acceptable so
1: yeah probably but it wasn't like it didn't seem that weird and i, I don't think they really you know didn't seem to have a, a sexual relationship it didn't seem like but um, no, I don't think they did anything. No, yeah, did. they just. I don't think they kissed. Yeah, she just likes weird. him, and he said, and he, he was,
0: was in love with her, and he says it over and yeah. over and over again throughout the length of the movie how much he loved her. But he it was, was just
1: weird. weird. Like, why? Why would that little scene? I, like, why?
0: I know. And this yeah, director, it's like the, the
1: director's not an idiot, so clearly it was intentional. uh yes. I, I just, yeah. You
0: know. No, every single shot in this movie, every detail. Is intentional. Right. And every and there are beautiful shots in this movie. I'm just thinking of the shot where they're in the elevator, the shots where they're mm-hmm. in prison are just a lesser director, they wouldn't look as good. They wouldn't be as detailed, or the lighting wouldn't be as intricate as it is. So yeah, he's you're you're watching a master director, pun intended. But I go keep going. Well get to my opinion at the end. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so then they're at a, uh, a, a party at, at, in Philadelphia. I think this is at, um, uh. Some old lady's house or something. Yeah, an old lady's house, yes. Um, and, uh. Joaquin Phoenix is stealing things, right? Isn't he? Yes.
0: But I do love Philip Seymour Hoffman's monologue when that guy questions him. Excuse me. Excuse me. He reminded me of a camper that we once knew. Remember? Yes. Excuse me. (laughs) He reminded me of that a little bit. And then he's finally, you know, 10 trillion years ago. You really think this is? And Philip Seymour Hoffman has that great outburst. One of my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman moments of his career. Not just this movie. When he has that crazy outburst at that
1: guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um and then uh well basically the person's calling him out on on saying that his whole thing is bs so this is where we learn Correct. we learn a lot more about the the cause um i, yeah. I don't know if this is related to scientology and, and i don't uh, oh it definitely okay is. so it the is. whole yeah. past lives yeah. and yep yeah. yep yeah. yeah. okay yeah. time travel it's, type it's thing. i
0: mean it but they're using maybe uh, i mean it's not verbatim but it's eh, hey, it's, it's not that thinly veiled. But you once again, you have to know your Scientology. I, it, this is I don't like movies where... And this is why I criticize the recent DC movies, like the Zack Snyder's Justice League or Batman vs. Superman movies. To really get those movies, you've got to know your comics, or you've got to know the animated movies. You have to do homework. Right. This movie... Depending on your knowledge of Scientology, I think could depend on what you get out of it. So when I saw this in the theater in 2012, I hadn't seen Going Clear. I had maybe, I had seen the South Park episode. So that was it. So I didn't even know what L. Ron Hubbard looked like. Then after I saw Going Clear, and the more you know about Scientology, this director did his homework. But he doesn't let the audience in as much in this particular Right. So you have to do your homework. So if you read a book about Elron Hubbard and Scientology and then saw this movie, you'd probably think it's brilliant. If you didn't know what the hell you were walking into, you might think, "Okay." And you know, like the way you're feeling right now, the way I'm not sure if it's whatever, yes, it is pretty accurate, I'll say
1: that. All right. So. Well, then keep that in mind because we'll have a discussion about okay. that later. But um That's fine. We'll discuss that at the end. Yeah, yes. Um, we want to discuss that at the end. Okay. Yes um attack he, um, he he attacks the guy who speaks out against it um, this is uh, Joaquin Phoenix attacks the guy that speaks out oh, against he's, it physically he's yeah. a violent person yes so he's very violent him. all he
0: understands about the... so when anyone questions because he locks onto uh, uh, Lancaster Dodd Philip Seymour Hoffman and the cause and he sort of becomes his unofficial muscle and if anyone questions him or threatens him or says they're gonna do even whether it's a cop he beats him up and you know yeah that's that so yeah he's just a violent that's all he knows is violence right so, exactly uh, Phoenix
1: character. um but it's also kind of weird because i, I think he also at times seems like he doesn't believe him or you know at one point jesse plemons says you know this is all bs you know like my dad just makes this up as he goes along um, <laughs> that's right, and and, and then he gets mad and then that's when they you know they go to jail shortly later and
0: that was a great scene with the two of them right one long take and Joaquin Phoenix actually broke that toilet it was like a 200 year old toilet by accident uh it's just just, I mean he's just such a physical you know actor and
1: right and that's when I guess basically he says you know this is all bs and Philip Seymour Hoffman says no it's not who who basically says like you know who else loves you besides me no one like I'm all you have which was a good point because
0: this man and once again Joaquin Phoenix's character has nobody okay he doesn't have family he doesn't have friends so I mean I, I guess if you think about religion at its purest form isn't it about community and friends and you could have nothing else in life but if you have Jesus or whatever cause religion you believe in isn't that something? Is that is that what you know? That what that's what keeps some people going.
1: Well, then there's know, there, there's also like a, a homo- homoerotic tones here with Philip Seymour oh, Hoffman yeah. and Joaquin Phoenix and yes. and then Amy Adams is like you know you know giving Philip Seymour Hoffman a hand job and telling him. What not to think about Joaquin Phoenix or something like? Uh, yeah, I once <laughs> again
0: good scene for her, but weird, weird. And what did you think of the roaming scene?
1: Which scene is this?
0: When Philip Seymour Hoffman is singing, and all of a sudden, all the, all the women, women, are women are naked. naked? Uh, what the heck was that? I remember when I first saw that in theater, I was like, "Huh? I'm like, what the hell was that?"
1: I'm sure there are some meaning behind it that i i just didn't pick up it's on, obviously his but, mind because yeah.
0: remember he's obsessed with that every time you show the rorschach test, right. you use the nice word you didn't use the donald trump word of what <laughs> he said every rorschach picture looked like so i mean right uh, and then you're just seeing that <laughs> and that's what he's imagining seeing and you see all these women full frontal but i don't understand I, I don't really
1: understand the, the point behind it it didn't. I
0: guess it was to see what
1: the world looked like through his eyes for that moment. I guess, but do we really need that? I mean, we know he's a pervert, but like, I don't know.
0: Well, I guess I I don't know. I, it's it's less nudity than we had in Bookie Nights, but yeah, yeah I, don't know. I I don't know. Um, it's it's one I don't know, fifteen second scene, thirty second scene, and there's like I don't know. 10 women completely full frontal of all ages. Yeah. It was very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it was just a very bizarre scene. I was like, what is this? I, I I don't know. And that, I don't know what that has to do with Scientology. I think that's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, showing that he's perverted and showing how Joaquin Phoenix's character sees the world.
1: Uh, right. But um... whatever. In case you didn't get it before,
0: you get a very graphic visual of what he thought. Of the world. Right. So,
1: um, so the, the, the family think that Freddy is, is, you know, bad news and he's past saving and why are we even doing this? Uh, so then they give him more intensive tests. And this is the scenes that you're talking about, which were very repetitive. Him, like, touching the window and touching the wall. And I don't even this know. this is at
0: Laura Dern's house in Philadelphia. Yeah, and right, I don't
1: even I know and what Laura was And Laura Dern
0: happening. does call out uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And they get into a little argument, a little spat uh about his book or his second
1: like right? when he releases his second book they that was like dug up in the desert which again so weird um hey
0: you know people believe Book of Mormon was dug up somewhere in Utah so well he
1: did yeah, but this is something he wrote and dug, buried himself <laughs> and then had to go people and believe dig it up.
0: stranger things in religion rich okay Scientology I, I I want you to see the South Park okay those listening that aren't rich rich you need to see the South Park. And those that aren't listening, it's called Tom Cruise Trapped in the Closet. I believe that's the name of the episode. It's fantastic.
1: All right. Um, yeah, so they, they do like a staring game. They do wall touching. Um, then they get his unpublished work. They publish, He publishes his second book um it's a big deal but the the publisher says he hates it so what does freddie do he beats up the publisher <laughs> he
0: beats him up yeah. really bad yeah oh did we get to pick a point when he's on the motorcycle we're getting
1: to that yeah
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> like what the hell is that um, and honestly once you realize what happens there were you expecting anything less <laughs> i i don't even know
1: um <laughs> you th- so then um you know Laura Dern calls him out on his his second work that was published and says like
0: something contradicts what something he changes
1: yeah he changes from what do you see to what do you believe you saw or something I don't know there's like a little minute word difference
0: it's a te- it's a technicality but once again and he just gets very defensive cuz he's making it up as he goes along well and
1: it also allows him to get more followers i think which is why he changed the word or something i don't know um yeah. so then um there's this yeah the motorcycle game pick a point and drive to it, which they do <laughs> pick and then a point. <laughs> and then he just drives off with the motorcycle and just Freddie Quell,
0: walking Phoenix, just drives off, and you never see him again for that point. And now we're getting almost to the end. If I'm not, yeah, mistaken
1: this is just that, about right? the end. Yeah. So then he goes back to. Okay, there's only like
0: 20 minutes left I think. because then they they're at a movie theater, and somehow Freddie, uh, the uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, calls Freddie at a movie theater randomly well, or something. Is it was
1: that a dream? I, I don't know. But then he actually he told him
0: to go to England. He goes to England. Right. So I guess it wasn't a dream. I, I don't know. It's the, weird. The whole I don't weird know. Either. <laughs> yeah. This whole movie is weird. Okay. So.
1: So he goes to England and I guess there's a bigger following now and they have a little school and everything. And then um, they basically Philip Seymour Hoffman basically tells him, you know, you're either going to be here and be with me or you're not. Um, and you'll never and you'll see never me see again. again. And I remember
0: when I saw that. When I saw that in the theater, and he says, "If you leave this room, you'll never see me again." And then someone shouted it out in the theater. God willing. <laughs> and then I, people laughed. It was like, wow. Okay.
1: Well, and then he, so. he said, and then uh, he says, oh, what about in another life? And he goes, well, if, we're any, if we meet in another life, we you know, I'll be very mean to you or something like that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Stupid.
0: I, don't, I do remember that, that one line where he goes, you'll never, if you walk out of this room now, you'll never see me ever again. Some guy a few rows in front of me. God willing. Yeah.
1: And then, uh, so then he goes to a bar, meets a girl sleeping with her. And then it, the movie ends at, right after that with him, uh, a vision of or an image of him laying next to the, the the naked woman that they made out of sand on the beach. The boobs on yeah. the sand. Yeah.
0: Okay, the boot. They made a woman out of sand. Yeah, and he's hugging that, and and that's the final shot of the movie. And you know, I'm a big. I'm from the Stuke School of Stanley Kubrick. First shot, final shot, and so that's what you're left with. And so. Yeah, I mean, I guess, is that the master? Is that it? Is there anything else to add, Rich?
1: No, that's the end of the movie. (laughs) So
0: now we can analyze and dissect and discuss this... Two-and-a-quarter-hour movie that you just saw for the first time. So you watched it win yesterday? Yeah,
1: so let me ask you this. Now that you, okay, so now that I know it's basically Scientology, which, I mean, it was hinted at, and I could guess, but I don't know Scientology, so I don't know how accurate okay. it was. So now, so okay. you saw it you know, before knowing much about Scientology, and yes. then you saw it after yes. learning yes. a lot more about Scientology. Was it yes. better after?
0: yes. Because I appreciate the detail that Paul Thomas Anderson put into the film. But that still doesn't mean I like the film. But I... It's... Yeah, he definitely did his homework. He did his homework. The viewer has to do their homework to fully get this movie. And... ah, It's... I, I mean, I like movies that are challenging. I like movies that are, you know, difficult, but... For me, the one word that comes to mind for this movie is inaccessible, okay? This is the most inaccessible movie of Paul Thomas Anderson's career. I mean, we've gone through his filmography. I admire all but two of his movies in 25 years. So he did, what, 10, 12 movies, you know, whatever, 10 movies, let's say, in 25 years, it's the most inaccessible film. I just can't, even though now, yes, I've done my homework. I saw Going Clear. Uh, I, I, I understand a little bit more about Scientology now. And he really, this, it's kind of what, you know, L. Ron Hubbard went through. I'm still left with the same empty feeling and not a fulfilled, satisfied, gratifying feeling at the end when I'm done with it. So I mean, how did you feel when you were done with it? So that's that's my take, and I've seen it multiple times, and I know more about Scientology than you. What did you take from this movie? Because that's you know you're 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 seeing it for the first time, so that's really you know.
1: So what I'm interested in here. Um, my thing is just because you know it's Scientology, I don't think that fixes what's wrong with this movie. Um, okay, because. okay maybe that helps you understand the bigger picture here okay but to me who cares what okay if it is Scientology if it's not Scientology whoop-dee-doo what is this movie really about and that's what I don't know you
0: took you you took my biggest problem with this movie is exactly what you just said we are on the same page okay one of the things that I wanted to start off with this podcast was saying, I apologize for making you watch this movie. I knew not to make my girlfriend watch <laughs> this movie. This would have just been... First of all, she would have walked out probably faster than your wife walked out, <laughs> for one thing. Second of all, why torture someone unless they have a, a, a burning desire to really... Like I said, I saw this because I love Paul Thomas Anderson. He's a director. I, I will... I've seen every single one of his movies in theaters since I was old enough to see his movies in theaters. Um, uh, And just, but what is this movie about? That's the biggest question. So I was going to apologize to you. And I guess it's about Scientology. Philip Seymour Hoffman looks a hell of a lot like L. Ron Hubbard. You've got to see Going Clear. Just regardless of this movie, it's a fascinating documentary. Um, But but it's just so... but, but, but
1: But even if it is about Scientology... But the, the movie's not really about like, what what is this movie about why did I watch this you're right what, like, what, you're right what? Well, the,
0: the final shot was it about love I don't know was it I about loss? I mean was it about war how World War II destroyed people's lives what was like I, I'm with you 100% it's just it's not accessible this but however here's where I'm conflicted and why I've watched this movie four or five times over the past nine years does this not have great moments
1: it has it does have a few good moments. It has great acting. Does it I'll, not I'll have great acting a- great yeah.
0: acting. You can't knock the acting. Once again, like I said, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, Joaquin Phoenix. If any of those three won an Oscar, would you have been upset?
1: No, I, I, of the three, I think Amy Adams had the least to do in this movie. So I'm, I'm, like, yeah, like I said, I, not that I think she's bad in this movie. I just, she yeah. shouldn't do enough to me to even say like. Maybe depending on
0: the nominees of yeah, the year maybe, who they yeah. were up against. But honestly, as much as I dislike this movie, those three, I'm glad those three were nominated because those, they were gave great performances. Does it not have great cinematography?
1: No, it does. It it's really just a matter does of... Does it
0: not have great music by Johnny Greenwood?
1: It does. And, and I, I didn't hate this movie. Um,
0: oh, okay. But it just doesn't add up to a great film. It, the pieces are there. Right. Somewhere there's a great film, but the film gets lost because I have the same confusion and the same question when it's all done. Every time I see it when I'm done, I want to say, what was the point? What was that about? What is he trying to say? I like being challenged by movies, maybe more than you. I like being challenged by art. But this movie, and I've seen it four or five times, it keeps feeling like Sisyphus pushing up the boulder. There's no winning with this movie because I have no idea. Like you said, it can be about whatever you want it to be. Is it a love story? Is it about war, how World War II destroyed young men's lives? Is it about religion, how religion is corrupt and destroys people's lives? Is it about a sense of belonging? Is it about alcoholism? Is it about affliction? Is it about all of those things? Let's say it is. It touches on all of those things. Right, but it doesn't get too
1: deep into any of them.
0: There you go. You said it. It doesn't take a true stand on any of them. So it could be about all of those things that I just mentioned, but a very shallow take on war or love, or religion, but then, But then
1: is that the point? Because like we said before, this director is not stupid. And clearly, critics like this movie. So what did they see that I didn't? What am I missing? What are you missing? That's
0: what I've been there's asking myself for nine years. There's got to be this something is what I've been more. Ask there's a reason why I picked this movie, okay? Because I love Paul Thomas Anderson. It's been nine years since I first saw this movie. And it's just such a frustrating experience. So now, even though I've done my homework and I know more about Scientology than I did in 2012 when I first saw this in the theater, it's still frustrating. And it's so frustrating for me because everything else is done right. But at the end, I'm asking myself, what was the point? And I shouldn't be asking myself that at the end of it. I agree. And I'm. Okay. I, I, if I want it to be about war, then it's about war and how World War II destroyed lives. If I want it to be about love and how we all need love and, you know, he, he loved that woman, I don't even know if I believe or buy that he loved that woman. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what this is about. Okay. Because it wasn't. It's it's not a good love story, if that's what no, it not, is. No, not even it's close. It's certainly not a war movie. It's certainly not, you know. Saving Private Ryan or born on the 4th of July if we were talking about how war ruins lives and changes you know the world after the fact I I just I I don't know I, I I don't know so yeah I wanted to apologize to you for watching I'm glad you didn't hate it I'm glad you saw the good in it but it sounds like you're on the same page as me where there's a lot of good to this movie but there's also a lot of and obviously, he made this intentionally inaccessible to the masses. And and I and, I had
1: read, I mean, granted, it's IMDb trivia, but I had read that he this is the movie he's most proud of out of all his movies. Which again, then, what am I missing? Like, what I don't know. what did you and I are missing want? the
0: same thing? We're missing the same. Uh, uh, the critics may like it just because look at it. It looks great. It sounds great. Ah. The acting is great.
1: I don't know. I feel like. But it's empty.
0: I feel hollow. I, I don't feel whole after
1: it. I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. Like, what, yes, what did I miss agreed. here? What, what, give me, uh, what's the secret? Tell me Tell me what I should have seen here.
0: We're both smart people. And I've maybe, I've obviously, I've seen more movies than you. And I'm the, the critic of the two of us. And I look at things with a more critical eye. And I'm missing the boat completely as well. Okay, I see all the good, and that's why, so Licorice Pizza I don't love, but I don't think Licorice Pizza has the highs that this movie has, but it doesn't have the lows that
1: this You movie know what it's about.
0: <laughs> exactly, and you either like it and go with it, or you just, you don't, okay? I mean, this movie has, it's just so frustrating, because there's so much greatness in this movie, and then there's, but then like you said, when it's all said and done, Why did I just spend two and a quarter hours of my life watching this? What did I learn? What did I learn about myself? What did I learn about these characters? Okay, Boogie Nights is a perfect example. You've seen Boogie Nights. Mm -hmm. Do any of those characters really learn and grow from the beginning to the end? Not really. He's still making porno Mm -hmm. movies. The other guy's still directing. They're still doing drugs. They go through hell. And then at the end, they're still making movies again. They're reunited, and that's a, so. I, and I'm okay with that. I went on that ride. I enjoyed that. I got it. You know, I. I but this is just. I. I don't understand. Yeah, we're we're on the outside looking in. I don't know what I'm missing. I want to like this movie, like you said. You want to like True Romance. I think this movie has better elements to it than True Romance has. Yeah. But I think I may actually enjoy True Romance as a full feature more than this movie agreed
1: yeah so So. um obviously you know i i i didn't hate the movie but i do i do think it's a real big mistake i i i just because i don't know what i was watching and i don't know well Mm -hmm. not that i don't know what i was watching it didn't really build up to anything and it just kind of just like went on And I was like, oh, there's 30 minutes left. Here's where the turn is going to be or something's going to be revealed here. But no, nothing was revealed. No. No turn. Nothing is revealed. He's still a lost cause. Yeah, nothing changes. Yeah, nothing
0: changes. Unless you're supposed to take, once again, is it a love story? Is it all about his lost love? Is it about how war destroyed him? Is it about his alcoholism? I don't know. Is it all of those? There's a lot of alcoholics in there, but they still, you know find love there's a lot of you know uh uh, war veterans that have been traumatized by war whether it's world war ii or iraq or vietnam but they still have some sort of i don't know connection (laughs) where the movie at least makes a connection with the audience there you go that's the disconnect Mm -hmm. i didn't i can't connect with this movie i've given it chance after chance after chance i've done my homework And I'm still... I feel the same way now as I did nine years ago when I first saw it in the theater. Obviously, I know more. And I give Paul Thomas Anderson more credit now. Because he really did his homework. Okay? Because this is really... If I was Tom Cruise, I would be furious about this movie. Because it really makes Scientology look like a sham. At least the founder. Okay? It makes, you know, him look really bad. But... So what? Okay, like I mean, there's there's tons of religious movies movies out there that make all organized religions look right. Good. Yeah. So what? Exactly. Okay. Just, yeah. So I mean, if the, the point, point was to so...
1: exploit Scientology, who cares? Like, I mean there's enough there's other plenty of other things out there if you want to see that 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 really go into it probably much more you're than this absolutely movie did, right. so
0: you're ab or more blatantly than this movie yeah. this movie's like an abstract painting about Scientology whereas you know going clear of the documentary is more like a you know a pamphlet of propaganda, okay, you know, um, about why Scientology is dangerous or why it's bad. So I'm with you. I agree. I It's a real big mistake. It's a movie I want to like. You said I want to like True Romance. Yeah, because I like Tony Scott, the director. I like Quentin Tarantino, the writer, obviously, uh, you know, but I don't like, I still don't like that movie. This is is even more frustrating because I think this has greater elements than true romance has altogether, but I'm still, like you said, I'm on the outside looking in. It's his most inaccessible film. And I don't mind. Like I, I love David Lynch movies. I like being challenged by my movies, but this just doesn't speak to me or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't resonate with me or it doesn't. Yeah. I can't connect with anything, but saying, it looks great, and the acting is great. Right. So what? basically, that's a- okay. There's a lot of you know. Okay. So if you want to see great acting and beautiful cinematography, then The Master is for you. But there's nothing else that I can say about mm-hmm. it. I, and it's a shame because it looks better than most movies that are made. Okay. And the acting is better than the acting in most other movies. Period. But I just wish it had more to say, or I wish it had a you know was more cohesive or he tied it into something rather than just letting it be oh it's about whatever you want it to be about so
1: um side note leslie jones is an editor you know leslie jones from saturday I, Night live
0: i was gonna say i don't think it's the same list it is Really?
1: well according to rotten tomatoes it is
0: Okay, I, maybe do, do, someone made a mistake. Do you mistake think that's a mistake? I, I don't know her. I don't know her editing capabilities. I don't want to discredit a talented, funny uh, <laughs> black woman. Okay, so I, I'm not. I that that's news to me. I have no. I did not. That's got
1: to be a mistake, um, right?
0: I would assume so. <laughs> Once again, I don't know her editing capabilities. Um, I'm pretty sure Paul Thomas Anderson uses a lot of the same crew on all of his movies so whoever edited this movie at least probably edited his previous movie there will be blood or if not they probably edited his next movie inherent vice and since he said this is his favorite movie of all the films that he made then i would assume that this leslie jones is someone that he's worked with several times i don't think it was a one and done thing because if this is his favorite movie he'd want to use leslie jones yeah and I, that's got it that's got to be a, a rotten tomatoes hit. mistake i would mm-hmm. assume so and this had to be a pain in the ass to edit i'm sure all that repetition all that i, I would rather edit any of his other movies than this one just because I, I don't know maybe it's a fault in the editing because it's not also doesn't this movie feel longer than two and a quarter hours yeah it did yeah I mean, and I I like movies. I like i uh, you know long. Uh, I like challenging movies, but uh, this is a challenge that just didn't feel like you know it was worth taking. <laughs> okay, so there's there's a lot of other challenging movies out there. I if you want to see a tougher, challenging, more inaccessible to the masses movie, I'll recommend. And we've talked about this before. Martin Scorsese's Silence.
1: Um. Okay. Oh. <laughs> keep my comments to myself
0: <laughs> okay well that that's a, t- a lot of repetition in that movie and it's too well over two and a half hours if i'm not mistaken but i felt more gratified by the end of that this i didn't feel anything and that's that's a shame because a lot of talent a lot of hard work went into this and there's a lot of good to this movie so once again i'm glad you didn't hate it i'm glad you're not mad at me for recommending it um no. <laughs> even though it's uh less fun than king ralph <laughs> uh, but uh it's it's we both agree this is a real big mistake so we're i'm glad we're on the same page here i was not sure I'm, i I could guess i would have guessed you might have hated it but i'm not i wasn't sure with you so
1: no uh, it's it, it, uh, no i didn't hate it um not like I hated uh, the one you made me watch a few times ago, but Natural um, Natural Born, natural born killers. killers I hated.
0: Rich will never watch Natural Born Killers. If well, I won't.
1: Depended. I won't watch this movie again either because I, it'll just feel like another waste of giant waste of time. Um, but I didn't okay. hate watching it. I uh, you know I gotcha. thought it was fine. Um, but I don't think it lives up to the hype it's getting. So in that sense, I'll say it's a real big mistake. Okay. Um, I don't think knowing anything about Scientology can fix that because, again, it may make sense a little bit more, but it's not going to change the overall message of the movie, which is I don't know the message of the movie.
0: Correct, and I agree with you, and now I did my homework, and I've seen it since then, and I still can't tell you, okay, so I respect Paul Thomas Anderson, he really knew his L. Ron Hubbard, okay, he really, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman looked, acted, sounded, they had the boat, they had the family, they had the, the, everything, you just, literally, it it was his origin story, sort Mm -hmm. of, with a few, you know, changes instead of, like I said, instead of Dianetics, it's the cause.
1: And, and okay? that would have been instead fine. on Ron Hubbard,
0: it's Lancaster Dodd. And that
1: yeah. would have been fine if this was the, you know, Lancaster Dodd story, but it's not. It's the Freddie Quill, or whatever his name is, story. And and Lancaster Dodd is really just you know. A, so I a guess does the problem character.
0: lie with the narrative in the sense that you're following this loner, this drifter, this alcoholic loser, and there's no no
1: the life. the problem doesn't lie in that. It could still be a good movie. It's just that yeah, there's tons
0: of movies about loners and drifters and losers and alcoholics right. out there that are phenomenal. So right. yeah, I don't I don't yeah. So it's that's not, not the and and Joaquin Phoenix is a talented actor that he could carry any movie. No, like you said, um, the problem he does a great job with this. Yeah. The problem
1: problem is just that it touches on 12 different themes that you could say that that's what this movie is about but it doesn't delve into any of them really Exactly, um, and exactly. It, it's so it's what you make of it you walk right.
0: out you say oh that's a great movie about religion no that was a sad love story it, it works as anything you want it to be and that's that's a bit of a cop-out i think when you don't when you don't firmly plant your foot and say this is what it's about. right then that's you know that and paul thomas anderson i think is a better too it's too am- it's too ambiguous movies, including licorice yeah too ambiguous including licorice pizza all of his movies are at least you can say that's about this right and that's it and whether you like it or not well that's up to you but they're all firmly about something all right, so we're in agreement. I am I'm, I guess I'm happy that we're both in agreement. I keep hoping to like this movie, but I guess after this, this is, you know, I, I'm done with The Master, and it's just not for me, and I'll continue to like Paul Thomas Anderson's other movies, and I'll continue to see everything else that he ever puts out, but this is just the one that I just can't, you know, can't seem to grasp, mm-hmm. can't seem to put my fingers around and embrace uh, like his other films, so... All
1: right, so that does it for the Master. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. So both of us agree it is a real big mistake. Um, yep. All right, so just looking at our timeline here. All right, so next week I pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the 15th um, or w- around there that we'll record. Um, then, mm-hmm. oh, man. Okay. Uh, sorry, I had to figure out where. Um, I'm trying to line up my next few movies.
0: So, Okay, well, you can do what you want. I was thinking, like, you know, we're coming to the end of the year, Oscar time, critics putting out their best list. So I'm trying to – I was thinking about doing movies that – Critics seem to like that I, or award shows seem to like, you know, that I'm just not fond
1: of. And yeah, so I don't good. have that and many of good. those, so no.
0: I can't. Or the none that you want to do. You don't want to do the English Patient. No,
1: none that. I, and yeah. I don't
0: want you to do the English none, Patient. None that. I'd none that I want to watch
1: watch force myself films. to watch again. Um, oh God. <laughs> so I, I
0: wouldn't want to force myself or you to watch the English Patient. So.
1: Yeah. All right. So I am going to go with. I got a few movies in mind, um, but I am going to go with, hold on, let me just look one more time. I'm trying to think.
0: It's January, New Year. I don't know what else. Uh, yeah. Sidney Poitier just died. Peter Bogdanovich. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Cobra Kai. We've been watching Succession. <laughs> so I don't know if yeah. there's some way you could tie it into no. those. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, all right, I am going to go with a, uh, a movie that reminds me of the season we're in here in the uh, Northeast, which is winter. Um, and the movie is 1985's Spies Like Us.
0: Oh, good one! I haven't seen that in a long time. Yes, so... All right. we're finally talking about Chevy Chase. That's considered rotten, Spies Like Us?
1: Uh, very rotten. 32%.
0: Really? I'm surprised. Well, I mean, it's not Ghostbusters, but I'm still surprised. The fact that Caddyshack is is considered fresh? Yes. Okay, see, that's proof that Rotten Tomatoes is... is there's, okay, <laughs> it's a little screwy there. Okay. But, uh, well, all right. That's So, Spies Like Us. Spies we'll Like next Us week, next week.
1: Um, well, you know, comedy um and yeah we'll get into that next week
0: and we finally get to talk about your boy chevy chase yes
1: i've been waiting for a movie to come up (laughs) you've
0: been trying to do a chevy chase movie and it just hasn't come up so i'm glad we're i'm glad we're doing this one okay so and john landis the director as well a lot to say about him so and dan Aykroyd, yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of uh so this uh we'll have a lot to say for this one next yep all
1: right so all right so that does it for this one um Again, I am Rich Tola. You can find us on at Real Big Mistakes on Instagram and at Real Big Mistake at Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, and that's it for me.
0: And I'm Jason Konigsberg. You could listen to all of our podcasts and all my articles at PanandSlam.com. www.panandslam.com, and follow me on Twitter at Jason K Critic. Live long, prosper, and watch movies.
1: All right, thanks for hanging with us.